For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. in here for another episode of Believe in Kentucky. I am with the legend, the MOP double zero himself, Tony Delp. This is Vinny Hardy. What's up, TD? Man, nothing much, man. You know, just in, I can't say enjoying this nice rainy day, but you know what? We could be getting snow and I would be really disappointed, but you know what? I'm not going to complain about it. I'm here, I'm blessed, and I'm happy to be here. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, you you wouldn't want to come up here on the other side of Knoxville where I'm at because Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday got a little dust in the snow, a couple inches in the in the grass. Wow. The boys was playing outside trying to, you know, it wasn't a lot, but they, they tried to work with what they had to get a few snowballs thrown and stuff like that. So definitely not your weather. Well, the other question is, you know, I know when Tennessee gets snow when I was a little kid, we would miss school. You know, even if there was snow that was coming, we were still miss school, so did the boys miss school, or did they have to go to school? Or here's another question: I know is with this pandemic going on, are they doing virtual, or or are they back at school? They're doing doing virtual right now, so uh, okay, they still got it in here. Uh, well, good. They uh, it does shut down a lot here because you know nobody knows how to react and and nobody can handle it. So uh, yeah, a, a little dust in here and there it, it shuts it down for a little minute. Well, you know what the good thing is, like I said, I'm, I'm a part of that Tennessee, that Tennessee uh, volunteer state, and uh, you're right. We don't get a lot of snow when we do. It's kind of like you know when Atlanta, when Atlanta gets a lot of snow, people same thing can't really drive, and you know it's kind of it's, it's like they've never seen snow before. They've never driven in snow, and for most for most people, they haven't. You know, I, I got a when I was playing with the Celtics, it was my first time driving in that much snow. Like I've being in Kentucky and being in a couple of different other states. But, you know, when you first – the first time you have to drive in more than, like, one or two inches, it, it, it could be a little scary. And up there, they just used to it. So I can't imagine driving in Boston in that much snow when you've never done it. No. Nah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you a quick little story. So when I got traded from Phoenix to Boston, we uh, I think it was right around February. So we got traded there, and they got about eight to ten inches of snow. And I remember driving, and I, it had been a while since I had driven in snow, and I was going down a hill, and I, was, and I had picked up too much speed. I was trying to stop on my brakes. And, you know, you, you start seeing your vehicle going sideways, you know, and it got really scary for me. And I was like, you know what? I have to learn how to drive slow. You cannot speed on ice. Well, actually, snow and ice is a whole other story. And we got that about six years ago. We had a really bad ice storm. So, you know, it's – it's always you always want to drive with precaution if it, if snow is uh is in the forecast or you see it on the ground. Yeah, for sure. And they always tell you to 
stop way in advance, give yourself yes. way more distance than you normally do. I just yes. try to, I try to drive like an 80-year-old man, just drag, <laughs> slow everything down, you know? <laughs> so, so what you're telling me is you're driving like Morgan Freeman there, you know, riding his days. In the snow, you got to. In the snow and ice, you got to, man, because <laughs> – if you don't and, and try to break normal, you you skidding and fishtailing. And yeah, you about to have. Listen, you about to have some good insurance because uh, chances are you about to you about to rear in someone. And like yeah. I said, it, it's just taking your time, man. But you know, when you live in a big city, uh, you you know, especially in Atlanta with so much traffic and so many people traveling, going back and forth, um, you know, you do have to learn how to drive with precaution. So you know, it's you know, like I say, any 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 kind of weather, you know, you have to take your time and. Uh, as I, you know, going back to Pocatino days, you know, he would always tell us, arrive, arrive 15 minutes early. Because if you don't, if you arrive at the, at, the, at your time, the time that he said practice, uh, you're considered late. So I've always been that kind of person that I like to be early instead of being late. That's it. That's it. Oh, man. And the story you were telling, you know, you was on, on Wayne Turner's podcast about Ronnie Denton and him getting left, and it was right there. That was, man, <laughs> <laughs> it was right there, almost to the bus, and they pulled out on him anyway. Hey, man, it, it, it might have been the best. It was the funniest thing because, you know, we, we're sitting on it. We're sitting on the bus, and, you know, we're looking at we're, we're looking at them walk. You know, they, they got the headphones on, so both of them are walking towards the bus, and everybody's on the bus, the trainers, the coaches, everyone. We're just sitting there. And all of a sudden, um, you know, as they approach, the door opens up. And next thing we know is, uh, man, he tell the bus driver to pull off. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking, like, what are you doing, man? So we, we just really – we really just left those guys, man. And uh, so, like I said, we had some fans. And the good thing about having fans is, you know, they're just – you know, wherever we go, you're going to have all these people traveling. And uh, so it, it, it was – it, it was by the by the grace of God that we had some people that Rodney Rodney was like a six eleven seven foot and Rod was six seven that those guys had some uh you know uh, someone had a big enough vehicle for those guys to fit in but you know <laughs> it's it's always funny when I think about you know guys that came down to the bus late because when Coach Patino came down it was time to go there was no more okay like we waiting on this player and I think. Although I, I might have been one of the star players, I'm sure he would have left me too. Yeah, he wasn't playing with nobody, was he? Nah, nah, he ain't played it. Like, yeah, so someone, someone told me a story that he left his wife one time. <laughs> now I don't know how true it is. I was like, man, I said, man, he left his wife. He's like, listen. So if he leaves his wife, I know he would leave a player because mm. I've seen him leave. I've I've seen him leave, leave a trainer before. Mm. Uh, you know, she was late coming down, and uh, we had to bounce. I was like, man, you know, but, you know, I, but it's, it's a great lesson. I try to tell my youth players the same thing. I said, you know, you always want to kind of arrive early so you can let the coach know that you're focused. And, you know, I really – I don't harp on it a lot, but I just really kind of let them know it's, it's, it's very important, you know, to come on time, you know, and not be late. And that gives them a chance really to get focused on the game and, you know, get their mind off of whatever might be distracting them. Absolutely. Y'all, we rolling right along as we do on the Believe Podcast Network, Believe in Kentucky. Believe.com, anywhere you get your podcast, be sure to check the show out. Rate, subscribe, review, put a comment on there. Tell your friends to start listening. We'd appreciate it. Y'all keep tuning in each and every week. And we also got to mention our good friends at La Tarain. Tony been repping them for a long time. 
former players like yourself, current players, Greedy Williams, the Packers DB, just started endorsing them. So Dave and Ben are doing great stuff at La Terrain, and they keep that watch game tight uh, for everybody, as you can attest to, TD. Yes, sir. La Terrain doing great things, sending out uh, the different the different watches. The compass is one of my favorites, and it's, it became even more my favorite when my man Dave sent me out my my blue my blue wristband, and I was a I was on point after that, man. So anyway, just a uh, great company run by great men. And uh, I know he's, it's not only men, I know some women involved with this process as well, but you know, they, they've done a good job of just putting out a good quality timepiece and no better Christmas gift than getting someone a lot to ring watch, you know, especially getting that compass. And uh, they have a lot of different bands. So lots of rain has done a wonderful job in uh, sending out timepieces. And like I said, you know, through that man, you know, all women like a man with a nice clean timepiece. Lots of rain has those watches for you. They got a little something for everybody. Like you said, the compass, uh, the red crest is still free. If somebody purchases the TD compass, uh, go in and check out all the different styles, latarain.com. Appreciate them sponsoring the podcast here for us at Believe in Kentucky. And also remember a sea of blue every episode that we talk about latarain and UK. It also goes up on com. in addition to being on Believe.com. So y'all keep checking this out. We appreciate it. You mentioned bouncing when, when Coach Pacino bounced on the wife and the trainers and all that. The, the Cats now this year, this week, are trying to bounce back from a couple losses. We, we talked about the Richmond part the Richmond yeah. with the Richmond guys. And then good first half against Kansas and just, just couldn't, couldn't sustain it in the second half. Well, I still think you guys, you have such a – such a young team. I mean, a bunch of guys is really trying to find themselves on a collegiate level and um, play with other talented players around them. Although, like I said, BJ Boston's played with some talented players. But also, you know, like I said, teams do scouting reports. And not to say they don't do them in high school, but it's a little bit more extensive in, in college basketball because that's, that's those assistant coaches' job. You know, to go out, watch, watch film on teams, break down, break down their plays, um, Look at the different tendencies that each and every player has, taking their strengths strength away from them, making them play the kind, the kind of game that they wanted to play. And these guys are really learning the game, the collegiate game of basketball. So there's no more kind of like, you know, when you look at, we talked about the Richmond game, when you have 18-year-old kids going against 22, 23-year-old men who have already been in a weight program for three or four years, is that you're not going against a high school kid that might, you know, he's not, not as strong as you. These are grown men. And these grown men – you know, are not, they're not intimidated by an 18-year-old kid, whether he's a top player in the country. It doesn't matter to me. If I'm 21, 22, is, you know, I trust in my game and my ability, and I know how good I am. Uh, but the Kansas game, like I say, you know, is really going to come down to Kentucky. It's just outside shooting, just having uh, a couple of players who can knock down some outside shots because when, even when we've seen many games where when you have three-point shooting, uh, 10 to 12 point lead is nothing in today's game. You know, it's like I, I've seen team erase a 10 or more point lead, you know, within two or three minutes. You know, when you when you have outside shooting, uh, definitely a long athletic team. You know, they'll probably be one of the better defensive teams in the conference, but just got to be able to make outside shots. And also, uh, you know, another glaring issue is that 
they don't have anyone that makes the game easier for the next player. And that's going to be the, the difference maker. Who is going to be a playmaker for Kentucky? It's going to be B.J. Boston. Um, you know, we got to find out. Seems like the ball is in his hand, hands a lot. And uh, he, he will have to become a, a better playmaker and decision maker. And also, here's something else, too, from outside shot selection. You know, that's going to be something that's going to be key. But, you know, those are all fixable things. It's not like, you know, you look at Kentucky and say, man, they got to get taller. We're already taller. They got to get longer and more athletic. We already have those things. So the other things are manageable. I think shooting um, comes from repetition, staying in the gym, spending more time, and just knowing where your shots are going to come. The uh, we think about the point guard spot as far as facilitating that'll kind of make it easier. Uh, if, if Askew kind of comes along, you got Minster's a veteran. What do you see from those guys as, as far as trying to get into the offense? I think Mintz is you know, him being a little bit older, you know, you would think he would be the one that would be on the court a lot more, making the decision and and um, you know, helping with the offensive sets and 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 breaking down the defense, making it easy for uh, for those guys around him. I think, um, you know, Askew is young. You know, when, when you class up, that means, you know, he would be a high school senior right now, you know, playing basketball. So there's only so much you're going to get out of him where he's still trying to fit in with all the talent around him. And the way the game is with point guards and what we've seen in the past, like those guys are scores. Like he's had – you know, with John Wall, EB, um, even going back to Memphis with Derrick Rose, uh, Brandon Knight, he's had so many guards that can score. And I don't know where Askew ranks as far as not on that list, but just as a score, someone that can get you 20, 20 uh, points and someone who may, maybe can score three or four possessions down the court, you know. But I still think they're so young right now. And, 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 and to Coach Cal's credit, you know what? He put him out there in the fire. He was like, "Okay, cool. You know, we're gonna see what we all about right now." You know, he, he didn't take no easy, no easy couple, uh, couple easy games. Although, you know, you saw Richmond on the schedule. He was like, "Oh, okay, that's a cupcake." No, it wasn't. I mean, Richmond, you know, started what four seniors, yeah. and was a veteran team. So that was not. And I think how college games are now, mid majors are so competitive that. When you put that mid-major on your on your on your schedule, you got to understand that okay, that mid-major. I mean, excuse me, on your calendar, when that mid-major comes up, you got to be you got to respect um, respect who they are and what they've done, especially when they return four or five singles. You know, that's when I understand. I'm like, man, you know, it's it's real when you play against guys like I said who are grown men. Sars kind of gotten in foul trouble a little bit too. Maybe he'll kind of figure that out where he can stay on the floor because he can step out and pick and pop and he can, you know, get buckets around the rim when you're in a drought and need a bucket, but you can't do it if you on the bench. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I was kind of disappointed with, you know, I'm, I'm always kind of, I'm always disappointed with, with older guys when they get bad fouls, like, like fouls, like for a guard that's, you know, 80 feet from the basket, a big jumping over the back at the foul line. I mean, there's certain, there's certain plays that you have to let go. Mm-hmm. And especially if you have an early – if you're the best player, you have an early foul, you might have to give up a layup. And, and trust me, the coach would not be upset. But if you get that second foul, 
then he got to figure out, I have to take you out of the game now. And, you know, and, and now I'm taking my best player off the floor. So it's hard for Coach Cal right now with these young guys, when they get that second foul, there's no trust right now. That trust will come in time. Because you really can't trust a freshman when he gets the second foul. We already know what's going to happen. Yeah. He's going to get that third foul. It's just, it's just a matter of when it's going to happen. So what I always like to do, especially when I was coaching, I would tell my coach, I'm like, you know, let's try to let guys play with two fouls early, you know, so you can kind of build that trust, that rapport with them and see if they can play with two fouls. And I think when it comes down to a SEC tournament game or a big game on the, on the, um, during the regular season or even the NCAA tournament, is that when you get that second foul, I know you can play with two fouls. I trust you now. And that's something else I don't see from the players is the trust. They don't really know each other. Mm -hmm. That's true. You play those early season tournaments where, you know, two, three, four days back to back to back to back in, in, in November in those early season tournaments played an NCAA tournament, of course, when it's Friday, Sunday, Thursday, Saturday, quick turnaround. But, of course, you're in the same city. The, they played Richmond on Sunday and then played Kansas on Tuesday and had to travel to Indy, you know, Monday. So what? how much can you get done when you got a quick turnaround like that and you got to travel as far as watching film, shoot around, walkthroughs, how much – how do you balance all that when you have one day off between games and you got to travel like that? No, that sounds like, sound like an NBA week. <laughs> <laughs> or or you, you, might, you might play four games, you know. And I think some of these trips have been um, – they haven't been flying. I think they've been busted. So, you know, that's another, <laughs> another opportunity for them to, you know, to build chemistry, cohesiveness. And, you know, because now you're around each other all the time. So, so what we're going to see is we're going to see a team that's going to be – really locked in, you know, in the, in the next couple of weeks because they're going to spend so much time with one another. But, you know, I think for young guys with some of the um, some of the games that we see these guys play throughout the week and when you have a national schedule, you know, you might play two or three games. But I can tell you this right now, for most of those players, they play AAU basketball. So how many games? You might have four or five games in, 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 a, in, a, in a weekend. So they should be really – are familiar with playing, you know, a couple of games, a, a, a hard game one day, a day off, film session, and getting right back to it the next day. Because to be honest with you, I got to the point where I just wanted to play games. So I didn't mind having the next day off or if we had to play back-to-back -back, uh, or one day in between. But you really got to have that time really to refresh because there's a different level of intensity when you play a game uh, opposed to practicing. So your level of intensity goes up. And for me, it was always I needed the next day off because I, I, I exerted everything and I played so hard and I really needed that recovery time. And I think when you're playing like those kind of games, it takes really a full day to recover when you play. You know, if you're averaging 25, 30 minutes because your, your intensity level goes through the roof. And that's something that most players would tell you, like, like practice is one thing. I'm uh, Practice? practice but when you play the game the game is totally different you know and and, and here's something else that's that's uh, you know could be a little different for those guys when you play you're not really playing in front of anyone anymore so 
some guys get geeked up off of the fans and the crowd being into the game. And, you know, you don't have the crowd to, to, to lift you up now. So when you get down five or ten points, you know, sometimes that helps you make a run, and then it, then it helps you extend the run. So they're still trying to find how we're going to play this game with no one really being in the stands. Yeah, absolutely. And this Sunday, they'll be right down there where you are because they, they come into Atlanta to play Georgia Tech. Yeah, that's, that should be a good game. Um, you know, like I said, it's, it's a, another game where, like I said, there's not going to be that many fans, you know, in, in attendance. And I think it was easier for me because once I, once the, once I got on the court, like I really didn't focus on the fans unless I was just sitting on the bench. You know, I might just look up in the stands or whatever, see, see who was there. But I was all about my business in between those lines. And it didn't matter what really happened off the court. That wasn't my concern. It wasn't my business. My business was to take care of what, what happened between those 94 feet. And that's where you got to really be focused and have the leadership, which we don't have leadership right now. You know, I think these, like I said, these guys are still trying to find each other. So, you know, leadership, who is the one player that can get you a bucket when it's a close game? Who is the, who's the other player that can make the right decision in a close game? So all that is is on the forefront right, forefront right now, and no one really knows who those people are. You know, even with Coach Cal having these guys is that he's still trying to figure out these guys. He don't know – when you have so many returning players – you don't really know your personnel. And that's what, you know, I, I was thinking about it earlier today. And I was like, man, you know, with, with, with Hagan leaving, Montgomery, I'm thinking to myself, Max, I'm like, man, all these guys left, but nobody nobody came back as, as a leader. There's no, there was no leader. So you can't bring an 18-year-old kid and say, man, I need you to lead this team. But what? <laughs> Coach, you know. It's, 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 but you know what? And it's also putting a lot of pressure on that kid. To say I need you, but but it's, but by February, we will have a leader. Like someone will, someone will have stepped up by that time and say, you know what, I'm gonna take this on my shoulder. And it and it might be BJ Boston. It seemed like he might be. He's the outspoken one, and I think everyone will see him being that that player. Yeah, yeah, he got the got the shoulder, carry that possibly in a little bit. Yeah. And you know what? Also, I, I want to get into something. It's funny you're talking about team chemistry is is what uh, Paul George happened to, you know, happened to say after a few months of the series being over. I'm thinking to myself, like, and, and, and of all the teams in the bubble, um, you know, they probably didn't have the best chemistry. And it's, it's funny. Someone had to take the blame. And it seemed like now Paul George is pointing the finger at Doc Rivers. Well, I mean, we we just watched Paul George play like Ray Allen and JJ Reddick the whole time he was there. I mean, we yeah. that's what happened. We, he was he was JJ Reddick. He was catching shooting, and he was you know uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth. That's exactly the type of game he played for the Clippers. That's what mm-hmm. he's tell us. That's what he's trying to tell us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I, but you know what? It's, it's like I mean, you have to own who you are and what you did. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you play, like, like the S word, you know, it's like, really? So you're telling me that Doc Rivers is responsible for you shooting, shooting balls on the side of the backboard, turning the ball over, missing layup? Uh, are you serious? You know, like, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't like to go at players, but, you know, the, the, the proof is in the pudding. 
is no coach can score, rebound, play defense. Can't do that. They can only give you a game plan. You got to try to go out there and execute it. But when it comes down to making shots and the ball is in your hand, you know, you have just as much opportunity as the next player, you know, and, and, and I hate it for Doc because, yeah, he blew a 3-1 lead, but Doc Rivers didn't play one game. Now, what it sounds like, he was a little disappointed because the game plan didn't change. You know, he didn't make, he didn't make any, any adjustments, and um, those would have helped out. But I'm still saying to myself, like, you still got to go out there and play defend and get stops. But, you know, when you have a hot player like Jamal Murray, is you could have went and got some of that smoke. <laughs> you could have been like, hey, man, if I'm not doing something on the offensive side, let me go out here defense and stop this player. Let me sacrifice. And it don't seem like he was willing to do that either. So it was kind of like, well, instead of – while everybody's going at, at me, I'm going I'm to go back and tell – I'm going to tell them what really happened after, after this man get fired. <laughs> and so he was on the All the Smoke podcast with Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes. And, of course, there's audio for it. But the quote, Doc was trying to play me as a Ray Allen or a J.J. Reddick. Wow. All pin downs. I can do wow. it, but that ain't my game. I need some wow. flow. I need some mixes of some pick and roll and post-ups. That last season was hard. Okay? Now, Kevin O'Connor – and see, you, you – look, this could have been 1978 when he said this. And people in the stands and people watching on TV could still see that he was he was talking out the side of his mouth. But now, <laughs> now you got phones, you got Twitter, you got people can just pull up receipts on what you say immediately. So Kevin Connor yeah. writes for the Ringer, and he says interesting comment because Paul George says all pin downs and and you know JJ Reddick is the way he was used. Mm. Kevin Connor says interesting comment. Paul George finished. 33% of his total plays using the pick and roll, which was a career high. His previous career high was 25% in OKC. That's very mm. different from a Ray Allen or J.J. Reddick style role. So, man, I know you lying, man. <laughs> <laughs> and now hey, man. analytics. Now analytics is going to prove it. Come on. Hey, you can't play. Like I said, man, hey, hey. Like I said, they said, I, I, I in the sky, the camera don't lie, man. You, you know somebody, you know what, somebody can go back and watch every game and just pull up, you know, like I said, with synergy. They can pull up all your pick and rolls and all your pin downs within a, a few minutes. You're right. So you got to be very careful what you say and, and in today's society when it comes to, especially with technology. And you're right about what he said, the comment, and I'm thinking to myself, like, Dude, I didn't really see you come off that many pin downs. I saw the ball in your hand a lot when you was trying to make plays or maybe somebody drove and kicked you and you missed a shot. I mean, so that's still a part of basketball. Or, 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 or here's the thing too, Vinny. Do you want to be like James Harden? Just say you want to be like James Harden. You just want to dribble, 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 shoot, do whatever you want to do, and you're going to be unsuccessful. And it's so funny that, you know, you think about James Harden is that, you know, it, 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 it's hard for two – ball-dominant guys or two alphas, and I don't really think he's an alpha. I think he's just he's a good complimentary player. But when you have two dogs, is that it's not going to work out. But it seemed like, you know, with Kawhi being a, a, you know, a quieter guy, a, you know, one that doesn't speak a whole lot, he just performed. And then you have PG, who I don't think – I don't think he was the leader on that team. 
And it sounded like the leader was Pat Beverly, which Pat Beverly only giving you six and four. So if your best players are not your leaders and speaking up, then it's kind of like Pat Beverly, you know, you know, you better leave Damon Little alone. Like you, you got, you got to pick your poison, man. You got, you like, you can't go with somebody when, when they got the ball in their hand, they got the green, like to shoot all the time. It's like, man, leave that dude alone. But coming back to what Paul said is that you still got to deliver. Like you've been, you've been OKC, you know, you didn't, you had a chance to do it in Indiana. Okay. Then you go to OKC, the ball is in your hand. And on top of that, Kawhi wanted you there. He was like, man, I'm, I'm not signing this. I'll go out and get my man here. So what? Okay, cool. You know, I'm not. So another player had a chance to go to the Lakers with Kawhi and probably Paul George, and he turned it down. But I just think even if they had to <clears throat> beat Denver, I just thought the Lakers was so locked in with LeBron and the way they were playing that, you know, it was going to be hard to beat them. And I think I think they got a chance to go back to back to Lakers. I mean, I, I just don't see anyone really with, with acquisitions. Um, if LeBron stays healthy. AD is healthy. I see him going back to back. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. If, if LeBron is and and they just took Montrez Harrell from the Clippers, then you know energy, yeah, did. dirty work, and he don't he don't mind to mix it up. Uh, so and that's just weakening the Clippers who who couldn't even get to the conference finals to play the Lakers anyway. Yeah, uh, and you know Ty Lue steps in, and it's it's gonna be it's not gonna be the same dynamic. Yeah, the Lakers are going to be uh, if LeBron is healthy because we are, we talked about it last week. You know, Clay being injured that takes the Warriors down a few notches when we thought they might be back and ready to challenge. Right. Um, Phoenix is young; they're up and coming, but you know, Denver's still young. They might not be ready yet. Even though, look, Jamal Murray, as young as he is, that dude has been in some Game Sevens already. That which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, and, and that is giving, like I said, giving him, you know, some, some more experience and them just, you know, surrounding him with, you know, with so many great players. But, you know, um, there were a lot of good trades, you know, over the last couple of weeks. And the, probably the most interesting one was one of our uh, one of our former Wildcats, man, John Wall. John yeah. Wall being traded to the uh, Houston Rockets. What do you think how, – how do you think he fit in if they're able to keep Jane Harden how does he fit in? You know, and I know uh, Silas is going to be a new coach. We don't know what kind of style he's going to they're going to have, but just the two of them playing together, how do you see it working out? And I'm a I'm a Rockets fan, first of all, and and it had been a you minute. Still a Rockets fan? It had been a minute, yeah, since they had some cats. I think Chuck Hayes was the last former cat to play for them until yeah. they got Boogie, and now Wall. Oh. Uh, and I was listening to the Houston sports radio the other day. It's, it's all these little issues with chemistry and stuff. You know, Harden has been there. He had, had some issues with Dwight Howard. He had some issues with Chris Paul. Now you got beef with Westbrook and they supposed to be boys. So it's, yeah. you know, uh, I want to see how wall comes back. Cause I mean, we know his game speed explosiveness but now, how will he have to change it? Will he have to, you know, rely more on being a little bit crafty if he's not all the way back like he used to be? How will he have to adjust now that he's healthy again? Uh, I'm excited to see him in Houston. You know, I, I don't. Will Silas try to make Harden move without the ball and, and be like a more traditional two guard? Is it still going to be more, more, more like Paul George? What you saying, Paul George? <laughs> 
More like him? Just dumb. Is he still just going to dribble, 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 shoot? Or is will Harden change his game a little bit? That's, it's a lot of questions. Which, but there were a lot of questions before the trade, too. A lot of people saying, yeah. uh, you know, well, Washington won this trade. Well, Russ didn't want to be there. And we saw him struggle in the bubble. So I wasn't excited about that. We already saw how that was going to work. Right. Now the questions are, can Boogie and Wall stay healthy? But I'm, I'm, yeah. still, I'm excited to see how it plays out, though. Well, like I said, I mean, we, we know if both guys were the all-star caliber player without injuries, that they would never be with Houston anyway. You know, Wall, Wall probably would still be with, with the Wizards, and Boogie probably would have signed a Supermax with, with Sacramento or the Pelicans. Yeah. And, you know, now we're just trying to see, as you said, if both guys can stay healthy. I think that's been the key for, you know, Boogie, who is so talented, man. I just love watching him, and, you know, it just hurt. It hurts me just to see a player that gifted, you know, not be able to showcase what everyone else is showcasing, you know, in, in their in their prime. You know, it's one thing when you get hurt before your prime, and it's one thing when you're going through your prime or you're a little bit out of your prime is injuries occur. But, you know, his injuries happen right in his prime. And, you know, at least John got a chance to, you know, become a, you know, a multiple-time multiple all-star. And Boogie, you know, like I said, he was an all-star, I think, two or three years. But, you know, he were, was really, really coming to his game when he was with, you know, with the Pelicans, him and A.B. And I think, you know, they would have been good enough and competitive enough, you know, where he probably would have stayed and with Drew Holiday maybe add a piece piece here, you know, two or three pieces here. Uh, A.B. probably would never left the Pelicans because they probably would have been a third or fourth team in, in the West, and they would have been competitive enough. But I, I think when – what AD saw, you know, going back to, you know, trying to build a championship and having the aspiration and, and, and what it takes to do it and being enthused about it is, you know, it takes a leader. And there is no better leader than LeBron. So even with going back to Houston and John Wall and, and DeMarcus, like, you still need someone to be a leader. And I don't know if James Harden, if he's meant to be that leader, because at the end of the day, you know, he has a farewell in the playoff. So normally, you know, when you get that far, you're like, it's still someone that can get you over the hump. Like, he still hasn't been able to get over the hump. And I just thought the job that Daryl Morey did by just making him small was like, hey, I'm on my way out of here, so I'm just going to do something that's not going to make a whole lot of sense, but, you know, but we're going to have a bunch of little, guard, little, little players on the court. Man, that's not going to win. And then he's going to get another job with, with – uh, with Philadelphia, you know, I'm thinking on myself like, wow, you know, you just kind of, you know, made this team small and now they got to go and kind of clean up your mess right now. You know, and, and I think going looking at a player, a player like uh, like Westbrook and a player like John Wall, I mean, two explosive players, you know, like you're not going to probably find, you know, two guys. You no, know, Westbrook is still healthy right now, but just super athletic, you know, kind of like the young, the young D. Rhodes just explosive at that position. So it remains to be seen, like, what they're going to do. And, and um, you know, so I'm, I'm just excited about the season being, what, two or three weeks away. I mean, it seemed like it just ended. Mm-hmm. It did. And they're releasing the schedules, like, today. Uh, like, at 3 o'clock, I think, the first half came out from December through March. And so the, the schedule is out today. And was today is the – today's the fourth. So, yeah, a couple – what, 25th, 22nd? 
two and a half weeks or so, and there they'll be at it again. And you know, and going back to our our beloved Kentucky Wildcats, uh, I think we just got to really we got to be patient with this team, and I think a, a a little bit more patient than we have been with some previous teams. Because as I watch this team, I'm like, you know what? We know championships are not won in November, December, but um, what I had to realize is that, you know, th- this team, you know, they don't have an identity right now. And, and that's the great thing. I think, you know, Cal has done such a, such a great job by the time February, March rolled around. Like these guys are playing with, with so much more confidence. You know what I'm saying? And that's where, you know, as they come together this year, it's us as fans – and I think them as coaching and coaching staff, they have to be a little bit more patient with this team, knowing, okay, hey, we don't have the leadership. Um, we don't have, you know, we don't have that Tyler Hero outside knocking down shots. But eventually someone will step up and be that guy. And I think they just got to find each other and try, start trusting each other. But it's so hard when you really don't know each other. Yeah. So <laughs> doing everything on the fly, finding where you fit in, are you the leader or are you not going to be the leader? Everything's on the fly and they all trying to adjust each other, trying to trust each other. Who's going to be the leader? It's all happening at the same time. So uh, after this Georgia Tech game, they'll, they'll get some more practice time in. It'll, the games will space out a little bit right through December, and, and then you can kind of probably uh, get some work in and, and – move some puzzle pieces around, Cal can tinker. You've been on the staff during December when you got a week mm-hmm. between games, and uh, you can kind of get some some stuff figured out that time. Well, I think it's the best time. Um, you know, we always call that dedication week because, they're, they're, you know, most of the time the students will go home and uh, we'll take that – we'll take those days to maybe do two or, two or three a days, you know, maybe do practice, maybe a free throw session, come back and do another practice. You can watch as much film. And that's the best time for your team really to get better. I can't even lie to you. Although you might not be playing a lot of games, but, um, you know, you need more practice time. And that's how teams really become good to great, is that now they're seeing their their mistakes and, you know, they're able to correct their mistakes. But it's so hard when you're that young competing and playing against a talented team early in the schedule. And I told someone, I said, you know what, They'll, they'll be ready by February. You know, Cal hasn't failed us, and, you know, he, he's done a, a, a tremendous job of getting those guys to buy. And that's another thing, too, that, you know, even when I was on the staff, you know, it, it's getting young guys to buy in. It's hard to get guys to buy in when, when you've been the man. It's like when I came out of high school, it's like, oh, yeah, man, you know what? We, we, we need you to uh, to play without the ball. I'm like, what do you mean play without the ball? I'm like, I'm, I always had the ball in my hand. Because if I, if I don't have the ball in my hand, somebody's going to pass the ball to me. So I'm always going to touch the ball. And that's hard. It, it's really hard to change your game from, especially with these guys going from being a high school dominant player, an AAU dominant player, and now you have to learn how to play within a shot clock. That's another, that's another major adjustment. Because every, every state doesn't have uh, – every high school um, – high school tank team or let's say state they play in they don't always have a shot clock so that speeds your offense up so you might have guys that can play fast 
But then you have to have to have guys that can make adjustments. And when I know what you do well, and I take your strength away from you because I've seen you play and I watch film with you over and over again, is do you have counters to whatever I cut off? So they're still going to find each other. It's going to be an interesting season, uh, to say the least. But it's going to be a season where we're going to see these guys grow up. And as we stated earlier, who will be the leader? Who will be the go-to guy when they need a bucket late in the game? Like, like who, do, who, does, who does Coach Cal trust at the end of the game? Who will he have on the floor? So he, he, so he has time to tweak a lot of things. But I think, like I said, when that practice time comes and, you know, you, you'll start seeing guys get better. They'll understand. And then, like I said, with the different lineups, like we still try to find out, you know, who will be that point guard. And we've seen that change over the years. You know, I remember Quade and Quade Green, and then all of a sudden, man, Shea took over. And mm-hmm. Shea came out of nowhere. I can't even begin to tell you that I thought Shea was going to be as good as he was at Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, he's just, yeah, just a, and you just don't know. I mean, what, what people thought Devin Booker would be a couple years, two or three years, and he was one and done. And Tyler, or even Tyler. I mean, yeah. you know what? Like, I was, I was telling a friend yesterday, I say, I really don't think, and I could be wrong, and I didn't think Tyler, I didn't think he was going to, I mean, not to say he was gonna, wasn't going to be a pro, but. I could see him going into his junior year. You know what I'm saying? That, that's what sometimes as a recruit, like you, when you recruit guys, there are certain guys you know, Anthony Davis, a John Wall, a DeMarcus. Like there's certain guys, a Carl Anthony Towns. There's, there's certain players that, he ha- that, he's, that he's had that I'm like, I would have been shocked if he stayed. I was shocked he came to college. You know, I'm like, man, that, that dude is a pro right now. You know what I'm saying? But there's certain players, like you said, a Devin a Tyler, who are shooters. And I'm like, man, we finally got some, we got some shooters that can tell you this going to stay for two or three years. Yeah. <laughs> man, I'm doing, yeah, they leave. You know, when we finally get that, when we finally get guys that can shoot that ball, what happens? <laughs> they get hot, they get hot around, they get hot around, right around February going into March. <laughs> you know, and, and the game at the next level, now is the way you wish it had been when you were coming out. So it's man, it's, no, they, hey, don't, don't make me mad, man. Shooters are at a premium now. <laughs> everybody looking for more shooting, 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 shooting. That's what everybody is. Yeah, yeah. With with the way the game is, like I said, you know, and I think that's where, you know, as we talked about, you know, their game against Richmond, against Kansas, is that you want to make sure. You want to make sure that you have guys that can shoot the ball because that, what it does, it stretches the floor out. You know, you don't you, you shrink the floor when you don't have shooters, and that's the one thing with Kentucky having all these athletic players is the lanes going like there there won't be any driving lanes because what team gonna start doing is team just gonna say hey you know what we are gonna guard boxing elbows and we are gonna make it tough for you, so you are gonna have to make outside shots so. That's that's the adjustment that I think that when when you start getting shooting, shooting change all of that. And even if I was recruiting guys, like I'm I'm not getting caught up in the the, the long athletic guys, you know, the six eight six seven guys. It's, it's great to have those guys, but I love shooting. I love guys that can put that ball in the hole and stretch and stretch the stretch the floor. You have those pick and pop guys, 
but when you have shooting, shooting really can 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 either get you from a can get you from behind, and it also can can, can stretch the lead out. You know, because when you make four or five threes, next thing you know, you, you hear a coach call a timeout. Mm-hmm. That's it. So back when you were in the NBA, I mean, when you when you went into the NBA, it was you know, there weren't really the rules for zone. It was you know, you you gonna double or not, and then you get called as a legal defense, and now they kind of change it, and you can play zone. Did you? Did you like it the way it was? Are you cool with them trying to let them play a little more zone in the NBA now? Or did you not care when you were? I think I just balled, man. I really didn't get caught up in whether that was like the legal defense or if you're zoning, if you're kind of trying to play uh, like the Iverson, you know, like, you know, they, they took – they was trying to take the ball out of his hands so it wouldn't be so much one-on-one, you know, where you can just – you know, you had to be able to guard. You just couldn't like load up and guard somebody. You know, it was like, hey, you can't just be sitting there in the lane, you know, with, with um, guys running the offense. And where the game is at today, it just – I think it's just so many versatile players. You know, you see that 6'10", 6'11", guy, like a seven-foot like Brzingis, putting the ball on the floor. You're like, man, back in the day, like, that dude that only – that dude was only considered to be a rim runner. Mm-hmm. But you see guys seven-footers now that can dribble the ball and make plays. So, it, it, it's – for me, it's really I'm, – I'm, I'm so excited each and every year I watch, you know, because it's like a, a, a new skilled player that's, that's dominating the game. You know, I think that's what made LeBron such a special player was his size and his, his passing ability because, you know, you look at Magic, Magic was able to see over a lot of defense. You know, it's, it's kind of like you couldn't trap him because if you, you couldn't trap him big on big he because he could get around one of the big. You couldn't bring a smaller, smaller defender over six four, six five. You six nine. He can see over, see over those guys, and that's kind of like LeBron. Like he is probably we've talked about this in some uh, some other podcasts. Is that he's he's the best pass, the best three point passer I've ever seen, and you probably would never see another three point passer on the money, and most of that is because of his his height, his height, and then his just his his, his ability to get by guys in size and that's something you'll never see again because you can't really put a small guy on you can't put a guy that's 16 6 11 with slow feet on him. so he has been one of the most unguardable players in the 17 year that we just haven't we haven't i think i don't think we've never seen before and probably won't see it for another 15 20 30 years from now because although michael was great you know there was guys that was his height that played his position but you really never had anyone with the strength, the ability, the athleticism to really guard LeBron. Like Le- LeBron has been a, a, a mismatch problem for pretty much every every playoff series. He's probably been a mismatch problem. And he, he the same size as Carl Malone, right? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so imagine that dude Carl Malone coming coming down. Coming down the pipe, man, you know, going that fast, man. Man, we, hey, put it like this. We just try to get out of the way so we didn't get hurt. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of not getting out the way, you know, back when you came in, the scraps and, and the scuffles was a little more real than they are now. And, of course, you you know, <laughs> you, you know, it, it was physical. It was back in the 90s. Was uh, You always heard that David West was a dude that, that liked box, and if something went down, nobody was trying to mess with David West. Was that true? Right. It is true. Him and um, 
even uh, I think James Jones, another MMA uh, fighter or someone who was a, a triple black belt. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was that guy. You had uh, you had Charles Oakley, uh, Vernon Maxwell, uh, Vernon Maxwell, and even going back. I don't know if you one of your Houston Rocket man. He used to put hands on people back in the day. Little bitty dude. Hall of Fame. I'm see if you know who he is. Oh, Kevin Murphy. Was, yes, sir. Kevin <laughs> Murphy. Hey, hey, man. Kevin Murphy. I heard he. I heard he knocked a couple dudes out. Like he. He was that. He was that little dude that you didn't want no beef with. Yeah. And he, so he, he had a reputation for fighting big men too. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, it was a much more physical game back then. And like I said, you, hey, when, when when fights took place, man, it, it was. It, it was somebody trying to take someone's head off. You know, now, you know, it costs so much money. And these most of these guys are friends anyway, you know. So it's like, I mean, you're not – you'll be fighting a friend. Well, you know, what you, well, know what you do now? You just unfollow him. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I'm managed, man. You know what? I'm not going to fight you. I'm just going to unfollow you. That's right. That's right. Oh, man. Speaking of, I got to, you know, speaking of the subject of fighting, I just got to – Ask and see if you, you know, checked in on your on your brother. He came into the league when you were kind of ending your career. <laughs> uh, he broke in with the Knicks and, and then went on to other teams. The homie Nate Robinson, man, have, have you uh, is look, man, <laughs> got put to sleep. Is is he all right? Do we know? He thought he was just gonna step in and and you know trade a few jabs and, and got caught and Snoop. Was on the mic for it, and Lord have mercy, poor. Yeah, man. Hey, you, I, I think what he taught, what he taught other, other maybe entertainers as well, and and other athletes that that don't do it, that that might think they can box and fight, is if you ain't taking it seriously and you ain't really in the in the ring four or five days a week, spending obviously like you like you worked in our basketball crap. Don't hey, don't step over and try to do something that you've never done before. Because when, when you can't – when you don't know the technique and the style and you really haven't never been hit before, it's totally different now when somebody hits you in your head. And and they might keep hitting your head until you fall down. you got to realize, like, you know, that dude that he fought, he, he was actually – like I say, he had pretty good technique. You know, and I watched a lot of boxers. There's, there's going to be a big boxing match tomorrow. Uh, Danny Garcia and Errol Spence Jr. I'm, I'm look, looking forward to that fight because the winner of that fight would be going against, uh, hopefully, it'd be a big payday against Terrence Crawford. But uh, back to Nate. Now, nah, man, I tell you what he did do for for basketball players. Uh, we won't be fighting Jake Paul anytime soon. <laughs> God, don't. Ain't nobody. Hey, hey, speaking of smoke, ain't nobody trying to. Ain't nobody asking for that smoke. No, I'm good. I, I love watching boxing, but it's not anything that I'm about to. Uh, put some gloves on and get in the ring with someone who 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 been boxing for probably a, a little bit longer than me, but also has a one bout on their belt. And like I said, I, I think Jake Paul really is trying to make some money in this, and uh, you know, because he know if he gets he does well, but he needs to take on some uh, some other guys, some MMA guys, some more that really box. Nate Nate was never boxing. He might he might have pretended like that he was tough, but it's a little bit it's, it's, it's a little bit hard when you get in the ring and. Uh, and you got a you got a real referee out there. And you got some ropes that you got to try to stay in between. Mm-hmm. And your friend, and here's something else too. I, I know a lot of tough people with friends behind them. Right. Yeah. No, no friends been in in 
in the ring with those ropes. It was just you out there, just naked. Yes, just you by yourself. Ain't, ain't no friends. Ain't no friends coming to your rescue. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we we we've seen a lot of tough players and tough people with people behind them and people talking. It's like, man, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm gonna let this one go. You get you got you got your home and your posse with you, but now you're by yourself. Uh-huh. Now you're not as tough as you once was. So you know, I I think. I mean, that was a lesson to be learned for him, but uh, but for anyone else who's thinking about trying to box, that that could be the end results. Man, sure enough, so we knew we had to we had to talk about that for sure. Um, what a sad note too. We we mentioned Carl Anthony Towns earlier. I was, he was quoted today. Uh, Malika Andrews talked about he hadn't been in a good place since his mom went to the hospital. We know he lost his mom to COVID, but he's right. also lost six other family members to COVID. So, Wow, I didn't know that. That's a lot for a young guy trying to, to, to handle that. And he said, I'm looking, I'm the one looking for answers to try to keep my family informed and make the moves necessary to keep them alive. So that's a that's a lot on the young fellow. Yeah, right? yeah, that's that's touching, man. Like I said, just because uh, I've met his mom on two occasions, you know, and I know how much he loved, uh, loved his mom, how much she loved him. And you know, just losing more family members, man. This COVID nineteen has 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 done a has done damage on a lot of Americans, just a lot of people around the world globally. And uh, you know, hopefully, you know, I know the numbers been ramping up, probably in Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, and the in the southern states. And um, you know, California basically just shut shut everything down. I heard Kentucky did the same thing with with youth sports. So I don't know if we're going to be back in the place we were like in May and June, but we could be headed that way. And I think we just got to keep, you know, practice social distancing, keeping our mask on, using our hand sanitizer, and, uh, you know, just trying to be even more aware of not, not putting people in harm, harm's way if we're younger and we have better immune systems. Yeah. yeah. So your football team made it through their season. They played their last game Saturday against South Carolina, but they have gotten hit hard. Uh, Mark Stoops said they've been annihilated by COVID players and staff. They're getting a few guys back for this game. South Carolina is even in worse shape than Kentucky. I think they said only two of their defensive starters that played in the first game of the season will be playing this coming weekend due to people opting out and, and injuries and things of that nature. So uh, it. This should be one Kentucky has a chance in. You know, it's been a rough couple of weeks with Alabama and Florida back-to-back. Ooh. Hopefully they can end yeah. on a positive note and, and get a win over the Gamecocks to end the regular season. I mean, that's what you're hoping for. And, I mean, just to get through this season. I mean, I, I was just hoping for the best for all these college kids and knowing that for, um, you know, for the for basketball, for men's and women's basketball, you know, their season ended abruptly. Uh, football, these got a chance. We got a chance to – to see a national champion, but um, and they got a chance to do it again with football kind of being more of an outdoor sport. Although some of these you know, places have stadiums in the NFL, but um, really just giving them something to do, man, something positive that they look forward to, and to take that away from them, I know it was so. It was really tough for our uh, for our men and women in basketball, but. I just think overall, man, with, with what's going on in society today, you know, sometimes your know, sports and entertainment has, has given us some, a peace of mind uh, with, with so many deaths and so. And, and this has just been um, a lot of tragic, 
tragedies this year, you know, from losing. I think it all started with when Kobe Bryant went down, you know, in January, and then it just it's just spiraled from there. Yeah, yeah, it's been just an unbelievable year, and, and, and you know, everything was shut down, weren't doing anything. That part of the year seemed like forever, and it's just been a few months, and it felt like a couple years crammed into right. a few months. So, yeah, just – I think we all look at. I think everyone is looking towards, looking looking forward to Christmas this year. I mean, it's one of those years where maybe you know there's some gifts and some happiness that that will come around the holidays, and um, you know that's what I think everyone wants that 25th hit, and you know there will be a new year at some point in time, and you know we'll get a chance to hopefully start over, and you know and just kind of make sure you know we just keep praying for those families who have been affected, and you know just hoping hoping that there will be a vaccine sooner than later. Yeah, absolutely. Just got text from, from Jeff Drummond from Cats Illustrated. He was going to hop on with us, but he had had some, some car trouble, so he was out of office. His car broke down, so we definitely hope he gets that fixed and yes, sir. him squared away. So, yeah, I, I knew it wasn't like him to just not, you know, show up. Yeah, no show, man. Just, just, just <laughs> a, a no show on the show, man, on the podcast. <laughs> Come on, Jeff. Come on, man. No, no. Things happen, man. Things happen. Yeah, ain't that the truth. So definitely hope he's able to, and this is, hey, it's Friday evening now, be able to get to oh, the yeah. top and get, get it fixed and, and, you know, not have it messed up your whole weekend. So glad he's able to hopefully get in and get that squared away. And, yes, and Jeff is a huge uh, Steelers fan, so I know we would have talked NFL and, you know, they, they won yesterday. They're still undefeated. A lot of former cats playing for the Steelers, but hated to see Bud Dupree go down with an ACL. Oh, it's it's been that kind of year in football, man. Like like there there've been a lot of big name injuries in football, and some of that is from not having a you know a full training camp. But um, you know, it's still been a it's, they still have had a season. There've been a lot of uh, outbreak in the NFL and. They managed the best way they could, you know, by quarantining some guys, postponing games. It's just, it's been, it's been a crazy year in sports, man. And I, I don't, I don't think anyone could have done it or can do it like the NBA. And they was fortunate enough that they had a place to go that they had been having summer leagues that, you know, they were able to do it and not have no cases, which is remarkable. Yeah, yeah, sure was. So yeah, you've been. You've been singing Adam Silver's praise ever since he took the job. With from the jump, he hit the ground dealing with stuff. So yeah, this was the way they set it all up in Orlando. And and uh, I forget was it was it Rachel Nichols? Somebody had to report just on the space they set aside to do laundry and put washers and dryers in, like sixty or seventy washers and dryers for the managers to handle all the gear, the practice gear, the game jerseys. The room that just held the washers and dryers was humongous. So then you think about the cooking and the bedding and linen. Oh, God. Oh, I mean, all of that crammed in there for all those months. It was it blew my mind just to see the laundry area. And you had different managers coming in for this team and this team. And I need this many washers. And I need this many dryers. It was crazy. It was crazy. Right. But, you know, but, but I, I still think they had – they had a plan, like they had time to plan all this out, you know, and that's where, like I said earlier, you know, when you have a good leader, the leader is going to have, he's going to try to implement a plan that works for everyone. And that's exactly what Adam Silver did. And, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how 
you know, even with them having training camp and them having the start of a new season is, you know, there will probably be a, a few more outbreaks than normal. But at, at least he know if all else fails and we have to go to a place, we can go back to Orlando. Like they can get they, – they can still get it done in Orlando. Now, it will be uncomfortable, but you can get it done. So I'm happy that they do have or have had that, you know, in place because now it makes it easy for them to make a decision on, okay, when we do – let's say we get the playoff, we want to have our 16 team. We can just take our 16 team here and do it again. Now it's going to be uncomfortable and the players probably won't like it, but at the end of the day, it's really about – not exposing more people and knowing that, okay, we've had success here, a uh, healthy success, success, uh, success rate. Why not go back and do it there again? Yeah. Yeah. So it's good that that's in the, in the back burner or, or a, a plan, another option if necessary, that they can, like you said, they, they already done it and can drop yeah, back so. and fall back on it again if they need to. Um, yes, sir. Your Titans got the Browns coming in, man. How you how you feeling? That's a, you know. Feeling good, man. You know what? I, I tell you what I'm waiting to see is I'm waiting to see how Baker Mayfield plays when he is behind. We're going to find out what kind of quarterback he is when he's playing from behind. You know, we're going to see how, how the accuracy works. And, and um, you know, I, I just think Tennessee, you know, had a, had a couple bad games there. You know, you got to throw in – that Cincinnati was a bad, really bad game. But, you know, hey, that's behind us now. We're moving on. You know, we, we beat a good Colts team. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to trying to finish our – win our division. And, you know, we, we're not going – we're not going to take this Cleveland Brown team lightly like they might have, um, you know, Cincinnati. Because you look at a team that got eight wins, you know, it's a solid team. They played well and seemed like um, they, they've given you – seemed like what, what they've done for Baker Mayfield is that they – They've condensed, condensed the playbook and uh, kind of managing what he does. And sometimes you need that. You know, I think with young players, and just because you're the number one draft pick, we can't let you just come in and just, you know, lose your mind because it is, it is a hard adjustment for those quarterbacks to come in and be successful right away because they are going to a bad team. Because, you know, even with – think about the Jets, just the winning the games, you know, They'll get Trevor Lawrence, but Trevor Lawrence is not going to take him to 10, 11 wins. It's not no. going to happen. No. They got to build a team around him. And I think they have so many good offensive pieces around Baker Mayfield. He just got to minimize his mistakes. And that's, I think that's what they're, they're managing him the right way and not, not allowing him to throw the ball. But, you know, hey, let's use Chubbs. You know, let, let's yeah. use, use some, of these, uh, some of these receivers down the field, you know, tight ends. You know, so you, you're actually making him – making the game easier for him. Yeah, Chubb takes a lot of pressure off, and you know they they missed him for a few weeks when he was out with the with the knee, but he's back, and that'll be uh, you know they're not actually going against each other, but it's you know this back in the you know football has changed too, like the NBA, but back back in the '90s and 2000s, you got two good running backs kind of going at it. You got you got Henry and Chubb, so you know there'll be. Some yep, yep, watching, two solid watching the, the see the yards and touchdowns they put up, and you know they kind of measure themselves against each other. Kind of, you know, like you had Emmitt and Marshall Balk and Barry back in the day. You got you got two right. backs going this weekend, and King Henry and, and Nick Chubb. That'd be fun to watch. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to the game, but also uh, I think what um, you know, 
speaking of Baker Mayfield, I think not having Odell Beckham, you know, has made him probably play better because, you know, you feel pressure when you have Odell Beckham on the, on the, on the field and you got to get him the ball. And, you know, so, you know, you, sometimes you're pressing. And I don't see him have to press anymore. I don't. I don't think the offensive coordinator is pressing anymore. He's like, man, just play, just play football, right? Because uh, that takes a lot of pressure off of you when you have an older Beckham man. You know, he is uh, the star of that team. Like he's probably not the football player that there is. Game we're doing the game, you know, everybody want to want to look look at the stats. Beckham is done, and right now, I think that's Bill. And you know, I know he'll be back and next year. The has also made them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, man, we got it all in this weekend. This end of the week, this Friday. Uh, I hope the cats can. Uh, Keep working and find a little flow this Sunday against the Yellow Jackets. Cal going up against Pastner, his old assistant, so that'll be fun. And, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot, I forgot about Pastner was on his uh, staff <laughs> in Memphis. Yeah. yeah. Well, be, well Pastner yeah. better thank Coach Cal for leaving <laughs> and allowing him to get that job, you know, because I, I I don't think Coach, Coach Cal had – they had some other people in mind, and Coach Cal's assistant wanted to go with him because they, they wanted to experience that Wildcat – that. They wanted some of that wildcat experience. They they didn't they didn't want the tiger experience. But um, you know, Josh has done he did a really good job at um with the Tigers. A little bit more pressure down here, really, when you have a um, you know, a, a school like Georgia Tech, you know, engineering school, academic uh, academic school first, you know, so you're not gonna always get the, you know, the, some of those guys in because of academics, but you know, he's done a good job of managing managing personnel. Um, although if you don't have a they don't win this year. He might be on the hot seat. Yeah. And they lost to like Mercer and Georgia State already. So uh Yeah. Uh yeah, hope that Kentucky can get right against them Sunday and then they might be the right team. They might it might it, it might be the opponent we need right now, you know, to, to yeah. get us and to get our confidence back up. Yeah, yeah. Them and then I think with Detroit where you know Brad Kelly praying them will be they had to reschedule that one from a couple of weeks ago. Maybe that's another get right game too. We need some get right. right. Yeah. Man, Brad, we do need some get right. Man, man, Brad, Brad about to get coach coach 25, man. He about to give his dad a 25. Hey Brad, go <laughs> handle your business, man. Go go get dad a dub. <laughs> we could I mean maybe you know, the way we struggling to shoot. Yeah. And you know Brad is a shooter. <laughs> we could hey you know what? You're right. We should have kept Brad, man. You know what I'm I'm at the call Coach Cal man and tell him like how you let your son get away but no really you know I, I really what's so funny about about brad is that you know brad wanted to, brad wanted to play and mm-hmm. i'm never mad at someone who feel like they should be playing yeah i think it was the ksr guys today they were saying <laughs> who go hit more threes when kentucky plays detroit brad or kentucky kentucky combined and they were like hey it might be kind of close hey they're wrong for that, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that, hey, that's cold blooded, right there. It is. It wow. is. It's a little savage. A little bit savage. Might, mm-hmm. might be true though. A hey, hey, time will tell. We will see. We will see. And we will see everybody 
next week, man. TD, I always appreciate your insights, and we have fun on this podcast, and hope everybody has fun listening to it. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, hope little man is fresh from the barbershop, looking looking yes, dapper, like, looking like we used to hey. when we had hair. Yeah, when we, when we had it, which was many, many years ago. Yeah, he, he he's so fresh, man. The haircut couldn't sleep, so he back there napping right now. You know, when you get that nice, that nice fresh do, I haven't had one in so long, man. The only do I have is kind of shaving my face right now. I, yeah. I kind of miss having those waves and a and a do rag on. But hey, man, let me let me let me let me come back. Let me come back. I'm I'm all right. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm good. I'm okay with the bald head. I'm with you. I'm just gonna shave. <laughs> all, I'm gonna shave here in a minute. So, oh, hey, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna pull a Deion Sanders. I don't know where that hair came from, <laughs> Deion, but in that subway commercial, yeah, I don't know what he doing with that. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking at like Dion. I don't know, but I'm like, okay, all right, it happened. I nope. think hair can grow. I think hair can grow on the rock, man. I'm, I, <laughs> might be, might be prime time though, but uh, <laughs> it happened. He got some Chia Pet something or <laughs> that, remember, uh, Carlos Prime Time pulled it off though, man. Prime, prime Carlos Time. Boozy. I'm like, okay, Carlos Prime Time. Paint it. Carlos Boozy used to paint that stuff on his head, remember? Oh, get a chew polish on his head. Or hey, that is hilarious, yo. Hey, we we got to pull some old pictures of uh, a Boozy, man. And, and Boozy told a story about that. He said, man, I'm just trying to get my line straight. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Listen, hey, great podcast. Uh, to all our listeners, keep listening to us. We're going to try to keep this going every week. Absolutely. The D&T. That's right, man. Everybody, we, we doing it. Shout out to Lots of Rain. Shout out to all the listeners. Enjoy your weekend, CD. Anyway, we'll, we'll be right back at it next week doing this, man. Yes, sir. Got everybody. Leave it Kentucky. Break. Subscribe. See y'all next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.